From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome in. It's the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis of the Athens Banner Herald with you. And uh, Ryan, we're five days away from the national championship game in Indianapolis. We have our travel plans ready. We will be going there to cover the Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide after a uh, triumphant win for the Bulldogs in Miami Gardens. Not Miami, Miami yeah, Gardens. Yeah. Huge win over Michigan. Alabama took care of Cincinnati. And it's a rematch from the SEC Championship game. We will have Nick Kelly on from the Tuscaloosa News, covers the Crimson Tide, to talk about the matchup from that side of the equation. Ryan, I know uh, you're geared up. Are you packed? Are you ready to go to Indy? Well, not quite yet, but I will be packing a lot of uh, heavy-duty gear. I mean, you're the one that – I mean, you're facing a drastic change since you were down in Miami. I mean, you're going from Bahama, you know, shorts and, and, and short sleeve shirts and swimming trunks. Now you're going to have to uh, do nothing but five, six layers, big coats, you know. Are you uh, going to be able to stand this change here? First of all, uh, did not bring a swimming trunk with me. I uh, did see the beach, but did not uh, did not go in the ocean. Not even a toe in. Uh, no, I actually just walked on the on the boardwalk over there. I didn't uh, didn't do the the sand. Um, no Bermuda shorts mm, either. Mm. Yeah, had you know different kind of shorts. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't. I think I brought a long sleeve shirt. Um, brought a pair of jeans. Didn't really wear them much at all. Yeah. Um, it was uh, nice nice weather and. Uh, I'm going to bring out the Alaska parka. <laughs> Have I told you about that? No. Is it, uh, is it Eskimo wear? All right. So uh, back in the day when I covered Clemson basketball and, uh, you know, news organizations were traveling with basketball. I was covering Rick Barnes uh, uh-huh. and the Tigers. They were a top 15 type team. They played in the uh, top of the world shootout in Fairbanks, Alaska. Uh, I believe Georgia played in that war. They played in uh, something in the late 90s. I remember staying up late to watch. Anyway, so I bought... The uh, well, I think the tournament's defunct now. I don't think it exists. Right. But I bought this this uh, very warm winter coat for that trip, and uh, haven't had much use of it in Athens, Georgia. Right. But I'll be bringing it with me, Dandy. Yeah. It's still in good shape. I expect you to uh, be walking along the the sidelines, kind of Joe Namath like with that with that bad boy. I don't <laughs> I don't think we actually have access to the sidelines. <laughs> oh, that's probably Because of, yeah. of COVID yeah, protocols. That's true. Um, but uh, you know, should be. Uh, Exciting trip, exciting matchup. Let's talk less about us and more about these uh, teams. And uh, what are you going to say, Ryan? Well, I was going to say, let's start by yeah, talking about that Orange Bowl. I mean, uh, Georgia dominating performance. I think, what, seven and a half point favorites going in and then take the opening drive right down the field. And, and you know, who did they hit most on that drive was Brock Bowers, who has just uh, – I mean, he, he he might be considered one of the best players in all of college football right now, not just, uh, you know, as a freshman, but he's taken over and, uh, you know, Georgia right out of the gates there with a big touchdown uh, to Brock Bowers to take a to take an early lead there. You know, I, I wrote about Brock as part of my five things to know, which uh, I don't know when it's going to be online, but um, he's led the team in receiving in nine games this season as a true freshman, obviously the leading receiver on the team yeah. last four games has been the top receiver. 
Um, you know, just uh, an incredible target uh, as a true freshman. And you hear Nick Saban, a guy that obviously knows a lot about stopping offenses, you know, kind of gushing about the guy this week. And, um, you know, he's got two more years for Georgia, you know, fingers crossed for Georgia fans that he doesn't say like, hey, you know what, I want to go play at like, you know, Southern Cal. Uh, or, oh, you man, know, don't go, put that jinx on him. Go back home to California. But, um, you know, do you remember when uh, – yeah, I did a preseason um, prediction thing. Uh-huh. And I said that he would uh, top 10 catches, which like <laughs> – He had that in like the first three minutes well, of the, the Clemson I, game, didn't he? I mean, I think that – isn't that what the leading Georgia tight end had last year was like 10 catches? I yeah, feel like? yeah. 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 So well, everybody's begging, you know, been begging for years for them to incorporate more tight ends, and I don't think he was the one though that people thought would would do the the majority of the of the receiving this year from the tight end position. When you still got a Darnell Washington and you know Fitzpatrick there is kind of the the leader, uh, so to speak, or the veteran of the group. And uh, I mean, when you got his speed, as we saw in the Georgia Tech game, and then you know even the Alabama game, the first go round, uh, he had a huge game then, and he's hard hard to stop. So uh, what do year for for that guy and i expect more of him uh, this coming monday look we've heard about georgia's defense all season and rightfully so they're uh you know generationally good except for that alabama game but let's give credit to todd munkin and, and the way this offense uh clicked on uh new year's eve uh, they scored points on five their first five possessions and you know that was the first time i think michigan had given up even on the first four uh or maybe first three or something like that all year long so uh yeah i think i think michigan had given up one touchdown in the first quarter all season maybe that's what it was yeah yeah and then georgia pulls out the halfback pass is one of those i mean a, a, a brilliant play drawn up by by monk in there yeah, I was talking – I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before or not, but I was talking to our friend Dean Leggy last week. We were just shooting the, the bull about the game and that kind of thing. And um, I said to him, you know what, um, Michigan does a lot of trick plays. I said, Georgia's got to have some up their sleeve because I don't really remember many or any this year really. And lo and behold, uh, second drive of the game, it's uh, Kenny McIntosh running to his right and pulling up and, uh, you know, hitting A.D. Mitchell, 18-yard touchdown pass. And I tell you, when you saw that live, you're like, oh, it's just a nice, easy throw for for uh, the um, McIntosh there. But, you know, when you look back at it, he was still covered, A.D. was. You know, even, you know, he was in, just starting his break on the, on the out route there uh, with a guy all over him. So it was a really good pass by Kenny. I mean, it wasn't. It was a nice, easy throw. I think in terms. Yeah, of, it was in uh, terms of like he he made it look effortless. But you think a, you know a guy in that situation who's never thrown a pass in a college game, and you call that trick play that he's going to get you know yeah. rushed or something. But he didn't, and he threw a perfect pass right there. AD just kind of waited for it to get there and uh, called it. And boy, that I think that deflated Michigan pretty quickly right there. You know, so so Todd Munkin, um, you know gave a, a full-throated kind of defense of Stetson Bennett last week saying this is a national championship quarterback and that he he makes plays for a team that can win it um and then you saw him you know with the, with the ball uh, down the left side there early that gets the first drive to, to Bowers and James Cook lined up with another mismatch against a linebacker kind of reminded us of the Alabama, Alabama game absolutely and then uh you know Burton right before halftime yeah. you know I think minute 38 left uh Stetson Bennett hits Jermaine Burton deep as well. So now I will say on that, uh, maybe a little luck, or you know, I, I don't know what you'd say the cornerback was doing on that. He kind of gave up on it. I don't know if he thought the play was over, but Stetson was rushed and kind of, kind of. Uh, if you ask me, he panicked a little and just kind of threw it up, but it certainly paid off. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to throw it up uh, for you know, do it 60 yards downfield for or, a speedy or, guy, or yeah. whatever it was, 40 yeah. yards. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know. 
you heard all, all the buildup of, of Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo and, um, you know, give credit to Jamari Sawyer, Warren McClendon, you know, all those guys, um, you know, really did the job on them. And then Georgia, uh, you know, kind of had a game plan and Stetson made some good uh, decisions to, to unload the ball quickly and, and throw it to the perimeter and, uh, you know, avoid that kind of thing. I mean, I, I remember, you know, when I went back to watch the game, you know, two or three plays where um, Hutchinson's rushing and then immediately having to turn and, and head towards the guy on the outside <laughs> that just caught the ball past him. Yeah, you know that meme that they made out of the, after the Michael Jordan documentary uh, last year where he said, and I took that personally. I think Jamari Sawyer, Schaefer, I saw some uh, just – you know, pancake blocks out of Schaefer. That whole line, I think, had heard all about what Michigan had up front. And Aiden uh, Hudson is in the, you know, the Heisman finalist and all that stuff. And I, uh, did you see the video too that got circulating again from Jamari and Hayden Hudson? I think at the Army All American Bowl or whatever. Yeah, I did see that. I did say, yeah. <laughs> and they got into it there. I, I didn't realize this existed, but you know, I bet Jamari thought back to that too and had a little, uh, you know, extra incentive to want to show uh, show Aiden Hudson who. Uh, who who who's the man on on the front there? But getting the Stetson real fast, you know, talking about his performance. There's only been one game this year that he has not played, and and and, and that's debatable too. I mean, uh, against Alabama, everybody kind of wanted to lay some blame on him, even though the defense gave up a lot of uh, yards and and you know kind of forced George's hand there. But I mean, Stetson's been a guy all year long. He's, you know, given Georgia big leads. Todd Munkin relied on him. Todd Munkin gave him more praise last week down in Miami uh, and, and kind of instilled that confidence even more. And, I mean, all Stetson needs to do is is play like he has been playing against uh, Alabama. The defense needs to play better than last time. And, hey, look, we're, we can consider Stetson, you know, one of the one of the greatest of all times. Who would have ever guess that if he leads Georgia to a, to a national title? Well, I mean, I need to go back and look at, you know, I feel like he had other games that that weren't necessarily, you know. If you can just look at his pass pass efficiency rating, some of those wins uh, that they had, you know, they didn't they didn't really ask him. I mean, the defense. Well, being Arkansas, as, Arkansas is one that comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the defense being as good as they they are and were, um, you know, you know. Bennett was wasn't asked to do as much in, in certain games, um, but you know, speaking of this defense, I mean. Four sacks in this game against Michigan. Nolan Smith ha- had one. Nicobe Dean another. Robert Beal and-, and Trayvon Walker. What did that remind you of? Clemson game, didn't it? Where they spread the wealth on those. I Everybody mean, was coming. Yeah, I mean, probably more than more than just the Clemson game. I think this has been a defense. I mean, I, I think Adam Anderson is still sharing the lead with uh, you know with five sacks. Uh, yeah, and he hadn't played for like five or six games or whatever it is. So, right. um, you know. The interesting thing is, as we'll get to, to Nick Kelly from uh, the Tuscaloosa news uh, soon, is that, you know, I think they had fun after the game with the postgame celebration and the confetti and throwing the oranges. But, you know, this is not what they wanted to, you know, that's not the last win that they wanted. Well, you obviously. saw Kirby, what he did, right, when they tried to dump Gatorade on him and all that. And yeah. he, he said, nope, nope, we are not doing that after this game. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be a, a player thing. I mean, the coach the coach isn't really supposed to be orchestrating that. Let the players do what they well, want. Well, I know. To. I think the word got down that they were bringing it to him because uh, I think uh, Zamir was carrying it, and I, maybe Cook I, had the Gatorade uh, bucket they, coming look, his way. And look, I, I bet he got a he got you know somebody got in his look, ear they, and said they need it. They need to make a decision and do it. Like you can't be you can't <laughs> you can't be slow walking that thing. Jordan Davis also needs to do it because what is Kirby going to tell him? No, come on. Yeah, I, I wouldn't tell him nothing. <laughs> um. 
so uh, you know they they moved on from that and um you know it's a it's not as quick a turnaround as it was when they went to the rose bowl that was a one week later and you had to fly across country but um you know you wonder if they got a chance to catch their breath i mean alabama's in the same situation at the cotton bowl uh coming off their win i mean you know we're cranking out stories and and doing uh you know a lot of work as and not not much time to rest here either so you you imagine the players the staff uh you know it's a quick pivot um in this postseason you know, it seemed like last time Georgia played against Alabama, obviously in the in the national title game. What? What? I guess that was only a week turnaround, wasn't it? Uh, which was the shortest ever. It seemed like there's usually like a week and a half or two weeks. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's based on. I mean, the what? Monday. It's the Monday after New Year's, or you know, whenever. Well, the Rose Bowl um, was on New Year's on a Monday. Well, no, no, but but the Rose Bowl. Uh, is always going to be on January 1st, you know, at least uh, yeah, yeah. at least now. So they had this one was the 31st, and there's been other times. I'm talking about the Orange Bowl, but there's been other times where they've had those semifinals like on December 28th even. Right. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the, when the Rose Bowl is one of them, there's less flexibility. Hey, I got a question for you to ponder. You were talking about the defense, and obviously uh, N'Kobe Dean had a, had a huge night. Uh, you know, there, some of the plays that made it viral were uh, him signaling that you know to watch the reverse kind of from the one receiver, and then he tracked down somebody all the way across the field. Obviously, Buckus Award winner this year, last Buckus Award winner, Roquan Smith. If you had to pick one of those two as the best Georgia linebacker, where are you going? Um... I'm gonna call it a tie. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, that that was a quite an impressive play. The one you're talking about, where he was kind of ran. I mean, I wouldn't call it sideline to sideline, but he was on the on the you know if you if you look he read at, the play. If you're looking at it from the Michigan's quarterback perspective, he's on the left side of the uh-huh. defense, and he he tracks the guy down all the way on the right side. And I mean, that guy is a a you know surefire open field tackler, um, you know, and very impressive and. Um, you know, we'll see what Brian Robinson looks like. He didn't, you know, you, it was really about Bryce Young in the passing game, but he's coming off a 200-yard rushing showing, and we'll we'll get to that, um, you yeah. know, yeah. with uh, Nick right now. Let's let's do that. We'll come back. We'll talk more about uh, the Alabama game, and we'll talk about our trip. We'll talk about Georgia basketball, and we'll make our pick, and we'll recap our bowl picks. Let's do it. All right, joining us now to talk Alabama-Georgia, or Georgia-Alabama on this side, I guess. It's uh, Nick Kelly of the Tuscaloosa News, who covers the Crimson Tide. And, uh, Nick, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, Alabama's coming off a 27-6 semifinal win in the Cotton Bowl over Cincinnati. It's a rematch with Georgia now in the national championship game Monday night in Indianapolis. What's kind of your sense of, um, you know, where Alabama is, uh, you know, Coming off that that win, um, you know the confidence level, the um, investment in you know, I mean they've won a national t- title last year. Georgia hadn't won for a while, forty one years. Um, you know how do how do you sense uh, you know the Crimson Tide program is uh, you know five days away from this game? Yeah, I think they're feeling pretty good just because uh, that Cincinnati win was kind of a a win of just outwilling and uh, saying hey we're going to do what we want and we can kind of run over you. Uh, and so I think the way that they won, it was it was such a classic, as they like to say, a joyless murder ball uh, kind of way with Brian Robinson just, just running straight at him in the offensive line, uh, clearing the way. And so I think there was a lot of satisfaction, I guess you could say, in that type of win. Um, just a very clean, kind of crisp win. And I think they're eager to, to prove that the Alabama-Georgia game last time was not a fluke. 
I was going to ask you about that, Nick. I mean, obviously we heard Nick Saban's comments after the last game about the rat poison being yummy and Georgia's big favorites. And, I mean, Georgia comes in again. I think Vegas Lions have them as maybe three-point favorites in this one. Can, can Alabama use that again? Is that something they're going to be taking, putting on the walls and say, hey, you know, we beat Georgia once. We can do it again. Uh, they, they don't think you can type of deal. Yeah, it's interesting because last week, even against Cincinnati, Will Anderson was asked about some of the effects about you know the underdog mentality, if they can use that. And he's like, we still feel like we're the underdog. And so he was. they were even believing that going against Cincinnati, who clearly they were not the underdog against. <laughs> and so if he can get them having that mindset against Cincinnati, I'm sure he can get them to have that mindset again no matter what the spread is or, or what the – what the expectation level is for who's going to win. So I, I think that I think there's this mentality that this team has had. An underdog is the word that's thrown out there, but I think it's more so uh, disrespect in some ways. Uh, just because for a while all year they were they heard and were told like, hey, this team is not as good as other Alabama teams. And I think for a lot of them, it's proving yeah, this team is and can be as good as many of these other championship teams that Saban's had. And so I think it. That's where a lot of that mindset comes from. So whether it's motivation to be an underdog against Georgia or something else, I think that's the underlying. Hey, this is this is what we want to accomplish, and I think Georgia is kind of the the latest opponent to maybe be in, in the way of proving that uh, that they're, that Alabama is being disrespected. Brian Robinson Jr. 204 rushing yards on 26 carries, uh, 7.8 average. Do you think that you're going to start to see, um, you know, more of the same in this Georgia game or given how Georgia's front seven and run defense is, uh, you know, obviously a lot different than Cincinnati. That was kind of just the MO for that game. Uh, or do you think, you know, a more healthy Robinson now can give Georgia a tougher, uh, you know, run at it, um, you know, when he's handed the ball? Yeah, I think that he will be able to, be able to give Georgia more than last time because last time he was coming off that that kind of muscle injury and so yeah he's going to be healthier but at the same time as you said Georgia is much better at defending the run than I think Cincinnati was and that's what with this Alabama team what it's good at is they seem to be able to adapt well to okay what is this opposing team what do they do well and how, how are we going to counter that how can we take advantage of what they don't do well and so Against Cincinnati, their run defense is middle of the pack, and their pass defense is great. So Alabama didn't overthink it, and they came out running 10 straight times. And so it's one of those things where I don't think you will see that same game plan against Georgia just because that also means that a guy like Jordan Davis is on the field more, and, and obviously uh, having to try to block him is not an easy, easy thing to do. And so I, I think you'll see some runs mixed in, but I think at the same time, this is a pass-first offense. It's an offense that wants to pass, and – Frankly, there's probably more opportunity for that against Georgia than there is to run. Kirby Smart, I think, earlier this week was asked if uh, Nick Saban was his what, what is it, bogeyman, boogeyman, one day bogeyman, I think, and he, he seemed confused. But do you think that legitimately is an issue where Nick Saban gets into uh, his former coach's minds a little bit? And also, you know, being a journalist, how scary is Nick Saban to to face? <laughs> <laughs> well, to answer your first question, uh, I don't know. I think you know Kirby. Had, probably be the person to answer that even though he didn't answer it yesterday <laughs> but uh but but i think that i mean it has to affect you at some point it, no matter who you are no matter what stage whether it's little league football or, or it's this you know on the biggest stage like you are now if you if you can't beat a team and every time you try you just can't find a way that has to get to you at, at some point you know what i mean like i feel like at some point uh you kind of 
internalize that maybe too much and just think, why can't we get over the hump here? And and so, yeah, I think that's part of it. But as far as covering Nick Saban, uh, he's an intense guy, and, and he's one of those people that uh, if he doesn't like a question, he'll let you know. But I think, uh, honestly, it's just fascinating to cover just what's just such a unique human being and also just this college football dynasty that he's put together. You've covered uh, or you've seen a different side or at least heard a different side of Nick Saban. I know you did a story. I think it was the 50th wedding anniversary uh, for for Nick uh, and his wife, uh, who goes by Miss Terry, I guess. Uh, What did you learn? Is there a story or two that you can share um, that showed a different side? Obviously, uh, when he's in front of the microphone, uh, you know, he can he can be uh, not in the best of moods and, and be ready to bite if there's a question he doesn't like the way it's phrased or whatever. Um, what was your takeaway from writing that story? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there is a very different side to him, and, and when he's on the podium, it's a bit of a bit of a um, persona that he you know just this this role he plays, and that was even something one of the people I talked to as part of the fifty was uh, the sports information director, and he said that yeah, the saving away from the podium is a much different version, and he can be a very intense individual, um, but that's just in practice because he he's so good at um, finding ways to to get players to react in a certain way. Um, there's one coach who talked about how he's never seen um, players react to, or basically a coach be able to turn the mood on the sideline as well as Saban can. Um, and so, it, but it was fascinating hearing kind of him away from football uh, because, yeah, he, uh, he runs quite the operation and most people wouldn't uh, ask him to do a lot of things, but Miss Terry is the, is the real person who wears the pants because uh, there's a story I heard how they were getting ready for a benefit and she didn't like how the um, how the walkway with the basic you know the plants and stuff looked, and she said, you know, Nick, I, I don't really like this. Can, can you take care of that? And she gave him kitchen scissors, and he's out there cutting uh, this walkway with kitchen scissors, uh, and just and no one else could get Nick Saban to do that, but Miss Terry can. So uh, it's pretty fascinating uh, their relationship, and, and yeah, he definitely has a lot of respect for her. That's a sight to see. I wish somebody had taken a picture of that, and that would have been. That'd been funny, but <laughs> uh, we, uh, I think StubHub released information that like 49% of the tickets that are being gobbled up are from Georgia. Now, obviously there's some Alabama fans, uh, in Georgia, but that would indicate, I would think that, that Georgia fans obviously are excited about this. Like, like Mark had said earlier, after 41 years, uh, you, you know, they they, they want it so bad. Um, I think 6% of the ticket sales were from, Al- you know, Alabama and, uh, I would guess Alabama fans. So, is there still a passion from that crowd? I mean, it it, it hadn't gotten old yet. Are they still uh, just as uh, you know b- behind the team and, and and willing to travel to things like this as they always have been? Well, frankly, it it probably gets expensive um, for a lot of the for a lot of these people. Like, if you're going to these games every year, I mean, that's <laughs> you got a budget for that. Um, and so, I think that there's. There are some, like I've talked to some people who they didn't go to the, the semifinal, but they're going to go to the championship. Um, and so I think that there is kind of that mindset of, uh, hey, we're going to pick and choose a little bit because they just go so often. Um, so it, it is a very unique circumstance. Whereas like Cincinnati fans were all out in full force. It's a huge deal to them. The semifinal. I mean, there were Alabama fans there, and there, there were a good amount actually, but the Cincinnati fans were just so much louder. Um, and I just think it. It'd be hard to get up for a game like that when you're just used to competing for championships all the time. Um, so it is a very unique kind of um, circumstance when when they've been so successful as, as they have during Nick Saban. Because I think this is 
Uh, he's looking to win his, his seventh at Alabama, his eighth overall, and I think this is his ninth title appearance. So, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> not that it gets old for them, but I think in some ways it, it's not as exciting as, as it is if you're a new team in, in the championship for the first time. Not sure how much you got to see of the uh, Orange Bowl. Georgia's win over Michigan on replay or, or even, I guess, probably not too much live. You might have been still working. I don't know. But um curious your take on when you watch Stetson Bennett and the offense, uh, you know, as they scored on their first five possessions of that game. Uh, you know, do you see a, a path uh, for them to be, uh, you know, more effective against Alabama, um, you know, less turnovers, uh can they win uh, with, with Stetson? As, as obviously Todd Munkin has said, uh, he believes that that's uh, you know he makes enough national championship plays for for Georgia to do that. Yeah, I think whatever that Georgia was doing in the first quarter of the um, SEC championship game, even um, if I were the if I were the Bulldogs, it's you know replicate that um, because to be honest, like until Jameson Williams had that, uh, I think it was like a slant that he caught and mm-hmm. took to the house, like. It was kind of having the feeling, I'm sure you felt the same way, that, hey, this is not training well for Alabama. <laughs> um, Georgia's moving the ball, that, you know, the defense is having trouble stopping it. And now, of course, you know, teams make adjustments. But, um, yeah, I think that, I mean, and you guys know Georgia much better than I do, but the, the little that I've seen, like, if they can have a lead and they can kind of maintain that just firm grip on the game, I mean, they're really tough to get in the way of. Uh, and that's what I think you saw against Michigan. Um, but I think that, yeah, like you said, you got to eliminate the turnovers and, and just find ways uh, not to give Alabama extra opportunities. And, and yeah, I mean, it really, <laughs> I'm really curious to see how Stetson can do because I think it comes down to, it probably comes down to him in terms of how uh, well this offense plays. Because I, I just feel like with, with Bryce Young, with Alabama's offense, even without John Mechie, they're going to score some points. And so I think Stetson has to be more than just someone who hands the ball off. And I think he can be, but he just can't afford those mistakes. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens and if he can step up in that way. It, it seemed like Alabama didn't miss a beat without John Metchie. I mean, do you think that's going to be an issue, uh, not having him in the in the finals? I don't know if it'll be an issue, but it makes things a little trickier because he draws attention off of Jameson Williams a little bit. Because when it's just Jameson, granted they have some talented freshmen, but they're not. John Metchie had, um, had almost 100 catches this year. And so he's a great, he was a great possession guy. He was a great option for Bryce Young, a reliable option. And, and so without him, they have other guys, no doubt, but it doesn't quite draw the same attention away. Now, the Cincinnati game's a little tough to maybe take too much out of because they have some great corners. Like, the one thing that I will give them credit for is, I mean, those corners are going to be playing in the NFL. Uh, and so it was very hard to pass against them. And so Alabama actually didn't have that great of a game passing. They had a one long touchdown to Ja'Cory Brooks, but... Uh, yeah, I guess the jury is still out kind of on <laughs> what life is like post-John Mechie because then again, they did also work without John Mechie in the second half against Georgia before, and Jameson had that long touchdown. So I think there's opportunities there, but um, if you're Alabama, you'd much rather have John Mechie than not having him. All right, Nick, how do you see this thing uh, playing out? Uh, you know, will uh, will Nick be uh, lifting, not uh, Nick Saban we're talking about, will he be lifting another trophy come uh late night Monday, or uh, will Georgia finally see this uh, drought come to an end? Man, I've been torn, uh, because I could easily see it go both ways. I think it's going to be a lot closer than the SEC championship game. Um, to me, I know this, this narrative might be a little bit tired, but I have to think that if if Georgia was at all in you know cruise mode or just <laughs> thinking that they could keep going um, 
I think they have snapped out of that now. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I think it's really close. Um, but I don't know if it's me, uh, I'm still putting my money on Nick Saban and, and having the Heisman winner and Will Anderson, but I think it's going to be a really close one. All right, Nick, we'll, uh, see you in Indianapolis. Um, looking forward to, uh, Exciting weekend, and uh, well, I don't know how exciting it'll be. We're doing everything virtual interview-wise, but <laughs> Monday uh, at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium should be a great game, and uh, appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, and look forward to seeing you guys there, and uh, safe travels. All right, welcome back in. We'd like to thank... Tuscaloosa News is Nick Kelly for joining us talking Georgia, Alabama. Mark, he seems to be with the tide there. I guess not too surprising when you cover a team like that as uh, as much as he is. I mean, obviously, the first go round was uh, pretty heavily in favor of the of the tide there. I mean, he's got a good point. You'll see with my pick. Maybe I'm on the same page. Maybe I'm not. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, I, I was going to ask him maybe, but I didn't. But I'll ask you. Um, you know, Alabama for this uh, Cotton Bowl, the players decided they were going to, you know, kind of lock down in the hotel. They didn't go out at all in, in Dallas. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. If, obviously, it's a shorter deal. They're going to be in Indianapolis for three days. But you ever lock yourself in a, I guess, uh, you know, there's lockdowns all the time, right, during the beginning of this pandemic. But right. um, if you're going to be locked down in a hotel, what would you want? The Ritz-Carlton with some room service? What do you think? You know that scene in uh, Home Alone where uh, where Kevin... I thought you were about to say... <laughs> No, uh, no. What about like that old time movie uh, Arthur with Dudley Moore? Didn't he have like a butler? You know, uh, sure. You know, sure. I, I don't know. I'm, my generation remembers uh, Home Alone and, and Kevin getting uh, Home Alone two. I guess Kevin getting, you know, that that room service where he had his own refrigerator and, <laughs> and what else uh, and snack, you know, bar whatever he, he called it. But um, you know, I know Georgia didn't exactly lock themselves down, right? What were they doing? They did they did the cruise. Uh, they did a couple other things, it seemed like. So they weren't exactly uh, just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any bull activity because it's not a bull. It's a national championship All game. Right. Georgia and, and Alabama are going to get in Friday evening um, at the in- Indianapolis airport and um, uh, practice on Saturday on site. Got a, a story uh with uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, had a chance to talk to him earlier this week, a little Q&A, bounced around uh, several different topics. It was enjoyable to talk to Rodrigo, and he was generous to, to give us some time to, to speak. And um, How's he doing health-wise? Uh, he says his hip's good to go, waiting to get activated. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a competitive deal in the NFL. If uh, I mean, it's a competitive deal in college, too. You can ask JT Daniels, you know, you, right. you get injured, and another guy comes in and performs well, and you got to wait your turn now, right? So, But he's still uh, on the Zaxby's uh, machine. As the uh, I've seen him holding a chicken sandwich in an ad. What machine are you talking about? I don't know. You're hey, talking, wait, you're talking about JT? Yeah, JT. Yeah. Hey, hey, do they still get swag bags and whatnot, uh, like at the Orange Bowl? Do we know what they got, like a PS5 for everybody or anything like that? Do, is that a thing? And, and my next question is, do they also do that at the uh, national title games? Do, yeah, yeah. Do they get double the swag now? They do get double the swag. Oh, I mean, you're going to get – I don't know exactly what they're getting for the uh, national championship game. It's usually like a uh, – a football with you know. The I bet you picked up my swag in uh, Miami, and you're keeping it. What what did y'all get down there in the media? A shirt? I a did hat? not. You were crossed off when you decided not to go. <laughs> That's right. It was it was a sweatshirt. Oh, um, man, nice. You know it wasn't. So uh, that'll come in handy this week. Yeah, as we speak, I'm wearing my uh, yeah. Rose Bowl 2017 uh, black. Uh, what hat am I wearing? Pull- I can't remember. What is this? My Braves it's your, hat. It's your Atlanta Braves hat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we have that Sugar Bowl hat from yeah. a couple years ago that I have. Uh, yeah. I wore that pretty much nonstop for two straight years. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So, uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, the swag. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What uh, what they got down there in Miami, as far as uh, you know, they had like a, one of those gift suite things, and I don't know if they did that on campus or in Miami. Probably on campus, where you know they they can pick and choose from, oh, you know. But that's that was part of their deal. They can pick and choose electronics or whatever, and they usually get a gift card from the school and that kind of stuff for like a Visa gift card. So, um, all right, let's let's talk. To, let's turn the focus back on the game. I know we're going to talk a little bit about Georgia basketball. You want to do that now, or do you want to? Let's just let's knock that out, and we'll we'll get back to this football game and okay. make our picks and that kind of thing. Brief summary: Hey, Ge- they, they almost won a game. Georgia last night. falls behind big. Georgia rallies back. Georgia takes the lead. 18, Georgia f's 18, up the defense, loses eighteen point uh, deficit against Texas A and M. Um, yeah, not, you know, not not. Crean said that last night he's not into moral victories, and that was that one on him. Did he say that? W- no, he didn't say that. I mean, I think. I, I mean, I was not – Georgia, I think, was a six-and-a-half-point home underdog, so I was not expecting uh, – I mean, you know what the interesting thing is? You know, I don't know if this is going to be the only team – I mean, when you're playing a team like Georgia that is now five and nine, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not necessarily going to get everyone's best shot because they're going to be like, oh, this is a W. And in front of that crowd that was there last night. Yeah. What was it? I mean, they probably announced it at 4,000, but I bet there wasn't – I bet there wasn't 1,000 in there. You know, Noah Bauman hit some threes. Uh, you had Cario Aquendo, uh, you know, doing what he does, driving to the to the basket and, you know, getting some quick buckets and that kind of thing. So, but, I mean, you're not going to have many chances, you think, if, you know, given what we saw in the non-conference season for Georgia, you need to get that thing at home. Um, you know, I, for, I, I think I told you, I don't know, maybe I said on the air, you know, 3-15 mm-hmm. and 15 looked legit after – um, I think you, that's, that's, you, that's you know this non conference, but you know what? High. I mean, that was one of those three, probably. I mean, uh, you know, you go to Kentucky this week. Go then, to Kentucky. I, I haven't heard about Severe Wheeler. He was yeah, uh, he, he left the game in the first half with uh, I don't know if it was a concussion or what it was, but um, I think Georgia's playing like five of the next seven on the road, something like that, after being at home for like thirty seven days in mm-hmm. a row. Um, so uh, we'll see. Um, you know, that was a that was a painful one. Yeah, that that hurts. I mean, you, right, can't, we, you got you got to applaud the kids' effort. I mean, that was a, a good comeback. But man, you, we, we you, now can't, re- you can't give up that three we, there at the end. Okay. We, we now return to your regularly scheduled Georgia football programming. Yep. All right, Ryan, uh, let, let's kind of look at this Alabama matchup. Um, from you know, spent some time on the Zoom today with uh, James Cook, Kiaris Jackson, um, Nolan Smith, Todd Munkin, Dan Lanning in his last media interview. Mm, yeah. Uh, there's another player drawing a blank on who it was. Oh, uh, uh, one of the inside linebackers. Was it a uh, Quay? Quay, Quay Walker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's my takeaway. Um, you know, beyond the the substance of certain matchups or certain players, these guys know that these that the fans out there have been waiting and waiting for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean. I don't know what you felt about 2017 with the Rose Bowl win. To me, that 2017 Rose Bowl win, the season was made in that game. Now, you wanted to go on to Alabama and win that thing, certainly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that was a, a major step in the second year of Kirby Smart's program. Mm-hmm. And it, it was an incredible game. Um, a walk-off touchdown run by Sonny Michelle. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, quite a scene. I mean, Todd Gurley came from the, the Rams, was in the locker room and, oh yeah, um, you know, beautiful setting. I mean, a special trip for the fans. I mean, uh, you know, terrific atmosphere there. Um, you know, but the Orange Bowl, it wasn't that. I mean, um, you know, it was a great game, but this is what the season's about now. And Georgia's there. They're back there after 
five seasons, right? 17 seasons. So you didn't make it in 18, 19, or 20. Yeah. And then back in 21. Um, it, you, know, you know, the second time in five seasons, I should say. Yeah. Um, and the players know that, that, you know, I think James Cook said it today, you know, we can we can be like the 1980 team. They'll talk about us now for, for years to come. Yeah, I saw that quote. That was interesting. Yeah. So, and then you got a guy like uh, Nolan Smith, who's from Savannah, grew up there. And, uh, you know, he said he hadn't won a championship on any level. And he doesn't consider the Orange Bowl or the Sugar Bowl to be, a, or, or I guess the Peach Bowl to be a championship. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's you win one game. So uh, I think these guys are certainly in that place now. I think there'll be a lot of pressure on them, especially if things kind of spiral in the wrong way, to think, oh, no, it's Alabama again. Uh, but let's just go ahead and make our picks now. And um, Well, I was going to say something along those lines for what this program feels like now. Yeah, I talked to a kid for, uh, you know, I did a story that's at onlineathens.com about the Spike Squad uh, wanting to go to the, you know, Indianapolis and trying to fundraise their, their way there. Well, he was a senior, so his freshman year was Georgia's first trip to the national championship game. And he quoted as saying this. He's like, after that first year, you know, we were so excited. He said, then we had two lackluster seasons, <laughs> which is funny to me because it's like, you know, Georgia going to a sugar bowl, Georgia going, uh, you know, to the Chick-fil-A bowl playing in, you know, power or what do they call the uh, super six playoff games or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and this kid sees them as lackluster seasons. And now, you know, Georgia's back to being in a national championship game. And he's like, that's where we belong. So obviously that, that, first year and, and Kirby getting them to the national championship in his second season, I think set expectations really high. And, uh, you know, I think George is back to where, where it feels like it should be even among the, uh, the students. So John Mechie is not available for Alabama. Um, you know, they, they end up finding guys. I mean, I don't know what, how much you knew about Devonte Smith before he caught the second and 26. Uh, yeah. Right. So, you know, somebody can can kind of show up out of the woodwork that you don't expect. But I think that's a significant um, loss for them. Um, you know, if you look at Mechie's numbers against Georgia, it, you know, before he got injured, six catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, I don't see Georgia going without a sack this game. I mean, I think they get a couple against Bryce Young. I mean, Auburn had seven. Um, Got to have more than they had last game. I think Dan Lanning and – Kirby Smart. I mean, they can they can devise a, a you know a different game plan to you know watching that film and, and, and finding out. And Alabama's got some guys on the offensive line that, that uh, you know left the last game with a couple injuries. We'll be coming back from those injuries. Um, you know, I think Stetson Bennett's got confidence in this game coming off that Michigan performance. Um, you know, we haven't talked about George Pickens, but again, he didn't do too much uh, except, you know, viral video with... Uh, <laughs> the push, yeah. He yeah. had the one catch, right? Is that what he finished with? Kind I think so. I think so, a little slot, yeah, yeah. A slant, slant play. Um, I mean, you look at the Alabama game, and that is the outlier of this season. Now, it's the best opponent George has faced, but, you know, when you see what they did against Michigan, you see what they did for, you know, the first, uh, you know, basically after the Clemson game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's they are the better team than Alabama. Now, are they going to be the better team on Monday night? I can't, I can't assume that. But I am picking Georgia to win because of what I've seen this season week in, week out, and I've seen enough of Alabama where they've looked really good and then they've had other games where they haven't. Um, so, you know, if you're a Georgia fan, if you're the, the Georgia program, you know, you're as talented as Alabama. You just have to you know, perform on that level, and you and you have to coach your, your, your butt off. Yeah, and you have to believe. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. So the, the spread is what, two and a half? Two and a half or three is last yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Georgia, and I'll take uh, I'll give those points. 
Well, I was saying a long time ago, you know, going into that game, that you'd rather lose that game than the national championship game because everybody was predicting, oh, rematch, you know, they'll play twice this year. And I think that was a wake-up call. A lot of the players said it afterwards, that it was, uh, you know, kind of opened their eyes a little bit. They, uh, you know, dominated the regular season and then, you know, go up against that old foe Alabama and they put it to them pretty good. And, you know, I think we saw some of that uh, motivation turn toward uh, Michigan the other day. And, uh, you know, Georgia was like, you know, we're, we're, we're tired of hearing that uh, we might have been a fluke during the regular season and stuff. And they put it to Michigan. Now, I think they're going to take that same type of uh, mentality, motivation and everything and, and throw it toward Alabama. And I, too, think that this is the Bulldogs' year. This is the year they do it. And they bring uh, back to Athens right here in the Classic City a, a national championship for the first time since 1980. And everybody celebrates and, and enjoys uh, – the first title in forever, and uh, you know, we can we can celebrate around town. Now, don't go to Vegas or um, you know wherever the, the closest legal sports book to you, to, based on our advice. By the way, we, we haven't. Um, I just counted up before we we did this segment. My picks from the the bowl games, Ryan. Uh, I went ten and four. I don't have the total numbers in front of me, but uh, I believe that puts me in decent spot. What would what, you do? Was that in the uh, in the picks from last uh, week? Yeah. I was, uh, think, I, I had another game somehow. I think I was 7-7-1. Seven, seven, and one. Oh, I thought one of them was a push, you said. Uh, yeah, that's what the one. All so 7-7-1. Right. Seven, seven, and one. Okay. Well, anyway, I think I'm going to declare myself the uh, podcast picks champion unless you want to start, um, you know, doing CFL games or something. Um, I will take you to St. Elmo's in Indy on company dime. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We'll have a burger in Athens. Uh, all right. Sometime uh, when we get back. I like how he's just uh, constantly, it's like you're putting a little thing in my head like I've lost, and I'm not quite sure I did. Well, you can go back and listen <laughs> to the podcast. And, I'll listen to everyone and add it up, yeah. Um, are you going to St. Elmo's? Are you going to go there? No, probably not. I probably shouldn't expense that. Well, you can just so, pay, pay, uh, pay out of your own pocket. Were you on a meeting the other No, I was in a meeting where somebody kept raving about the shrimp cocktail, I think it was, at St. Elmo's. said, don't even worry about the steaks. Just get you a shrimp cocktail. mm well, Tom, Tom Crean uh, talked about uh, the one at uh, another steakhouse in town there. So Tom Crean is a uh, he's a uh, diverse eater, isn't he? You know, he can go anywhere from St. Elmo's steaks to Taco Bell, well, you know, Crunchy's Taco Supreme. You can check out the story. We I asked him um, just about Indy in, in general, and it, it became a talk about. Did his eyes light up? Because it sounded like his eyes lit. I up. think he enjoyed talking about something other than basketball. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, but but he he mentioned uh, steak and shake and and. Um, you know, that's not kind of at the level of St. Elmo's, but you know, it's funny. I, I heard another, uh, I think it was, um, the Yahoo sports podcast. They mentioned the steak and shake also. Uh, so apparently the one in Indianapolis is like the one in the country, I guess. Wow, okay. So the steak and shake. Yeah. Hey, uh, you want to go to Indianapolis uh, Speedway? Do a little tour? I have been there last really a couple of summers ago. I think I sent you a photo even, didn't I? I don't remember. See, I Check went up there a couple summers hey, ago while, too. But. While we were doing this podcast, Georgia put out like a, a whatever you call it, like a phone wallpaper of an Indy car, and it looks like it's no, got... No, no, no. It's not an Indy car. It's Chase Elliott. Chase car. Elliott. But why does it have Indy though in front of it? I guess because they're in Indy, but I mean that's uh, it's a NASCAR, not an Indy car. Oh, okay. I was confused because they they had the Indy thing, and oh, yeah. I know what the difference is. One's open I mean, wheel, the, one's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you know the the uh, the Cup drivers. Well, still driving. yeah, yeah, they they, they do they, that. What, what when is that on the calendar? Uh, usually in, you know, it used to be the, uh, in August, but they changed it. Maybe it's the end of August now. But uh, and they also raced the road course there instead of the the somewhat oval rectangle. Yeah, which uh, I kind of find is a bummer. All right, everyone, enjoy uh, the championship weekend, and uh, we will 
talk to you next week, and we'll either be talking about the national champion Georgia Bulldogs or oh, it'll be a, a, tough, a, a tough podcast otherwise. So uh, enjoy the, the weekend and the game, and uh, have, a, have a great, uh, yeah. happy, par- great happy, party with it. Bye-bye. Happy New Year, everyone.